We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. Coming up Monday morning, it's November 28th. After the Wolves on Sunday afternoon, lost to the Warriors 137 to 114. We're about eight hours away from tipping off the back end of a back-to-back in Washington on Monday evening. I'm joined for today's show, as I am every Monday, by Wolves beat writer for the Star Tribune, Chris Hine. Chris, you are already out in Washington for tonight's game. You got there a day before the team did. I suppose the team has, has joined you out there by now, by the time we're recording this. But uh, <laughs> but again, I mean, it's 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 this question, right? Of like, what team is going to show up out there again? Like, is this is this the team that was just navigating a five game winning streak, or is it the or is it going to be the team that just kind of stacked up really uninspiring losses to to Charlotte and Golden State? So I guess I'll. I'll, I'll pose that to you first. Like, what what team do you think we will see on, on Monday night against Washington? If I had a crystal ball for that, I'd, I'd take it to <laughs> Vegas and, and try right. to make some money off of it. Um, you know, I I don't know. I, so here's the thing about that five-game win streak. It's like, for four of those games, we were talking about how they kind of got by mm-hmm. during that win streak. And one of those games was a really good game, possibly their best game of the season. Yeah. So it wasn't like they were playing lights out basketball for five straight games. So I, I feel like the last two losses were still kind of in line with how they were playing mm-hmm. the majority of, of the last few weeks. Um, so I tend to think that team's going to show up tonight. Um, <laughs> just into and back to back with travel involved, which is never an easy and an easy thing to do. So, yeah. um, yeah, to to me the more the more egregious the last two losses. I thought I thought Friday was a bigger problem than than Sunday was. It's like Sunday, obviously the first quarter was a disaster, but you're playing the Warriors, you're playing the defending champions. On Friday, you're playing a a shorthanded Charlotte team that was just begging you to take that game from them, yeah. and they just wouldn't do it. Um, so I, I come away from these last two losses thinking that was the bigger problem than, than Sunday was, for instance. Yeah, I, I think. It's I think the biggest problem is is that we can look at those seven games and not have an answer, right? That we don't really know one one way or the other. And I think that's why as I think about this week ahead, you know, with with Washington on Monday and then 
uh, Memphis coming to town on Wednesday. It's starting to feel to me like a crossroads in the season, you know, 20 games in now, uh, the whole sort of it's early verbiage. That's kind of, I think, starting to fall on deaf ears. Um, and a lot of the fan base, even amongst the players, they're kind of like, yeah, it's it's felt like this this early stage. We're figuring stuff out stuff for a long time. But, you know, they know it's been 20 games, too. So there's kind of I'm sensing a little bit more of a pressure internally um, within the group. And and I think what, what that kind of came out in the locker room last night after the game is, you know, we're in there asking a lot of the same questions. We, we have been for a lot of the season about about energy and, and, you know, rebounding and specifically transition defense. That game, every player that talked to the media after the game, Chris Finch talked about it after the game was we fall back by 20 points. And it's because, you know, they they ran us off the floor in in transition. So then, like, you start asking the players about, you know, what is it like? What, how can you get back in transition, which I understand is a bit of an annoying question because they've been answering it for a long time, but it, it just, it felt like within that group that they had some serious fatigue about this idea that they're just getting run off the floor. And they're just like, they basically all were like, yeah, well, what do you kind of expect? Like we have, we have two centers out there. And that was the first time I really felt that, um, the players kind of started speaking some of the quiet things out a little bit louder. Not that they're not that they're saying this can't work or it won't work, but we're starting to have some proof that this fit isn't going to be seamless. It doesn't come without some serious baggage of needing to learn along the way. It doesn't come without these, you know, teams really trying to puncture it. It, it was interesting to to listen to the guards be like, yeah, well, it's just hard for us to get back in transition when when we have have two centers and and I don't know about you but I don't really remember there kind of being some of that underlying frustration in this group until until tonight's game. Yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic because I went back and and watched you know especially that first quarter uh, some of those possessions and uh, the things that struck out to me were. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like the guards were busting their butts to get down the floor. Uh, seemingly, a lot of times, um, and Golden State was running after makes. Yeah. You know, that was the other thing. It's it's like I I don't know how much of the getting back on defense really had to do with the two big lineup. I, I, I'm not you know obviously I'm not playing. I I, I can't speak to their experience, but just in watching it, I. I I don't feel I don't feel like that's an, a, a viable enough excuse. For, I think for, what for they're sick of bad Chris, transition defense. Or, or, go, go ahead. Yeah, it's like, it's that they have to be extremely intentional about getting back every single time because it, it's yeah, okay. in, in transition. There's lesser of a margin for error, right? If you generally have slower players, right, or you're just playing two bigger mm-hmm. guys, and it's not even that like Rudy and Carl are particularly slow for bigs. Um, but you know, Rudy's going for offensive rebounds. Carl's going for offensive rebounds sometimes too. And that takes away your margin, your margin for error a little bit in that now maybe it's a cross match when you're, when you're getting back in transition and now Draymond's going at Jalen Noel or Steph Curry's going against Kyle Anderson. And, 
And it feels really important with this group that they are matched up by player, like with the players that they're matching up with because they have different skill sets. I actually asked Rudy about that. I'm going I'm to drop that clip in here right now. When you guys are in transition and as you and Carl out there, how important is it for you to be picking up a five and Carl to be picking up a four? It seems like that's been something you guys have been more intentional about recently. Is that something? And I think uh, not just me and Carl, but in general, I think we we, we, we get cross matched too, too, too often, even after makes sometimes. And uh, it comes down to the same thing. I think it's just, all, all, you know, go from offense to defense a little quicker and uh, just like have that switch, like boom, the shot is in the air, the ball is in the air. You either under the rim or you, you by yourself and you can rebound or you just got to run back. See what, what's going on because that why you're looking, they're already going, especially now because they're looking at the they're looking at the game plan and you know they know that if they run they're gonna get layup so they run you know it's fucking layup it's easy. So Chris, yes, I mean that that's kind of a different way that they've talked about it. I, I play some Austin Rivers clips here too, but <laughs> mm-hmm. but that but right you know what I'm saying they're kind of like acknowledging no, that you, yeah. that they are yeah. really this opponent is really uh, attacking. Those margins for error and, and Golden State clearly, like you said, in in the first quarter did that. Golden State's going to be the one team that's also going to be able to take advantage of all that stuff. Totally. Like, you know, I, I remember when the trade went down. I was I was thinking through my head of like you know how this team was going to match up against some of the better teams in the West, mm-hmm. and the one team that I always kept coming back to. I wonder how this is going to look against Golden State was the thing I always kept I always right. kept coming back to. And yesterday we got our we got our answer. They absolutely torched them. Um, I, I, it's a it's been a problem. It, it seemed like it got better of late, you know, it, 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 especially during the win streak. And maybe that's because of the team for shorthanded. Um, but kind of to, to what we were saying before we came on the air, it, it was like so these problems just keep occurring with this team the same problems maybe they go away for a couple games but then they pop right back up against a a better opponent um whether it's containing the ball off the dribble whether it's transition defense whether it's rebounding um you know better teams are going to take advantage of this stuff and i think that's what yesterday showed is that maybe they didn't really fix these issues during that win streak and maybe they're still there ready to be exposed by teams who are either at full strength or just better you know what it reminds me of is kind of at this time last year it was just a really it was a major breaker for the wolves when teams would double cat in the post right it was it's kind of early on the season you're still figuring out of like okay well how how costly is it to have vando out there and that sort of thing and it proved like that worked against this Wolves team last year. It was just doubling Carl and and kind of, you know, assuming that Vando wasn't going to be able to to make up for that. But not every team did it. Remember that? We would be like, okay, they're I don't know, they're just putting like Zubats right. on Carl, and you're like, I guess they're not going to double, <laughs> you know. And and so and, so, and they, they that teams still don't do that, by the way. Like, right, right, right. Some nights where that doesn't happen. But but that's what I'm talking about with this transition stuff. Yeah. It's like you can see in the first quarters, right? I think about that San Antonio game earlier in the season where it's like clearly yep. in shooter on this that morning they were like run 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 and and golden yep. state did that and so i wonder if part of it over you know those some of the more recent games where it hasn't reared his head as much 
is maybe is it it wasn't as hammered home a thing on the on the game plan from the other team and and now as teams are scout you know if you're if you're Washington if you're if you're Memphis this week like you have to watch their scouts have to watch that first quarter of that game you would think and be like well we just got to try and run even if that's not really our identity it it is golden state's identity right they're lead the league in pace they always kind of look for that but i think what we'll see is more and more teams trying to do that and if they don't it'll just kind of be it'll remind me of some of that sort of scouting malpractice which is just kind of ignoring the other team and just being like yeah. we're going to do what we do sort of thing like this wolves team is susceptible right they 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 should be yeah. able to punish you with the two bigs but there's elements of the of the two bigs that are that are really susceptible thus far and it feels to me like we're getting less and less of the like being able to punish that back you know idea right like okay you're going to try and run us but we're going to you know we're going to kill you in the interior we're going to it's going to be one possession we're right. going to get defensive rebounds like there's they are this big team but they don't have a lot of things that you necessarily on the floor when it's playing out you really associate with the identity of a big team and I don't know how exactly they try and tap into that or when they, they best did. It just seems kind of like when the effort's there, those the issues just, just go away less. And again, I think of that Indiana game, which wasn't that wasn't that far away. It's funny you say, you know, the Spurs did this to the Wolves and then the Warriors did it. And I think about well, Steve Kerr, like, you know, mm. worships at the altar of Greg Popovich. Like maybe maybe more so than other people. So not surprised that Steve Kerr might have pulled up it's a good call. or this coaching staff pulled up this the tape of the Spurs and said, let's do what, what mm-hmm. Greg Popovich did to these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, to your, to your point, it's about, especially about the punishing them on the offensive end of the floor. Cause that was always the, the kind of line over the summer was like, okay, yeah, teams may be able to run, take advantage of mismatches, but they're not going to be able to guard this team on the interior. And that's where we see some of the chemistry issues pop up offensively, especially as it pertains to Rudy and hitting him off the roll and hitting him off lobs and, and things like that. Like they're, they haven't quite maximized the ability to quote unquote punish teams in these situations by always having either two of them on the floor or one of them on the floor. Um, and so it's just a, it's just a deficit in that sense. If you just kind of, think about it from a numbers perspective teams are getting out in transition and the wolves just aren't maybe generating enough offense to offset that um and you know we've seen that be a a a bit of a point of contention uh just just rudy and you know his effectiveness in general over the last couple of games here as well yeah no it, it needs to be it needs to be both if teams are going to run you there needs to it needs the corresponding action from the Wolves needs to be physicality, particularly from their bigs. Austin Rivers spoke last game, and obviously, as you know, Rivers is just kind of like the real truth teller uh, of this team right now. So I'll play, I'll play that clip from from Rivers. I think the alternative is, you know, we have to figure out ways to get back better uh, guards, maybe like you know, and then if we are going to play, we got dominate the paint. You know what I mean? We have to, we're going to be big. We got to play big. You know what I mean? We got to think they're big man with Draymond today. You know what I mean? So. If we're going to play that way, we got to continue to find ways to get better at it. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's early. So, at the same time, it's it's not. It's getting to the point where a lot of games are coming by now. So, 
you know, we'll just keep getting better at it. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's the thing. You know, obviously they know we have two bigs. It's obvious. So teams are going to try to run and go fast paced and that's what they're doing. Um, and we're struggling with it a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, so I think getting back is just crucial right now, especially the three guards. You know, when that shot goes up, we just, I mean, they crushed us tonight on, on the fast break. I mean, they had leak outs. They're running the floor. They got anything they wanted. Um, especially the first quarter was disgusting. Um, you clean up that first quarter, then we got a ball game. You know what I mean? The rest of the game, we looked really good. So that tells you we can do it. You know, that, can tell, that tells you we can get back. We did it three quarters. So, um, just got to so Chris, I, let me bounce something off you from this. What, what, what kept sticking out to me when, when Rivers was talking or when D'Angelo Russell was talking is kind of this like, if we are going to play big, we need to do this. And what I think would be healthy from them is to remove that if, right? Like, this isn't going to mm -hmm. change. It is right. it is Cat and Rudy, you know. Um, that That is your identity. Your president of basketball operations has decided that. So, you know, you kind of heard Ant in the background of that answer, too. He's in the locker next to him. He gave that, like, you know, like, that. that's what I'm talking about. Like, there's this sort of frustration, it seems like, with, like, or frustration with the acceptance of like, this is going to be the way they are going to play. And I think for the guards on this team, like there just needs to kind of be maybe some acceptance of that and, and realization that if we don't accommodate for our two bigs, we will lose because that isn't, you know, that isn't going to change. They're going to keep playing two bigs here for not just the season, but that's the plan. That's the plan going forward. Yeah, that, those were really strong quotes from Rose. You're right. He has kind of assumed a role as, as a truth teller um, on this team. Uh, it was interesting to hear him use the word if. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like if we're going to play two bigs, it, it, it's almost like a, uh, what's what's the word I want? Not, not passive aggressive kind of comment, but like, uh, it's like, oh, if, if we're going to really do this, like we need to do certain things, like kind of throwing your hands up in the air as to like, well, it just like, makes you question you know, if they believe that this is the if, right if they, type right, of roster. That's what I was just going to say. If, if they actually, if they themselves might believe that this is the right kind of way to go about a roster mm -hmm. construction, that's that's kind of what I take away. But from they got to get over that, man. Um, you just got to yeah, get over. Got to get over it. It's, right? It's gonna it's gonna happen. This is this is the this is what you got in front of you, and you know, I don't know how it how it necessarily changes. I still don't know how it changes the dynamic trends. That's why I keep coming back to a transition defense. Um, you got to be getting back anyway. Um, that's, you know, I, I see a lot of possessions and I'm like, well, these possessions could have turned out maybe a little bit differently with just a little more effort and awareness. Um, it, it's not necessarily the fact that you have two bigs on the floor, right? Cross message, cross message are a big deal, but some of those leak outs yesterday were just like guys just not paying attention. It, it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily anything other than that. Um, for you know, I would say maybe three, four, five buckets or so that they yeah. the Golden State guy yesterday, just from leaking out that nobody was back. Everybody just kind of had their, their head turned towards the basket, and Jordan Poole or Draymond Green or whoever just started going down the floor. And sure enough, it was a dunk. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the same. It's the same problem they have on the defensive end of the floor when they turn around and look at a shot and nobody boxes anybody out there were a number of instances yesterday where 
uh, <laughs> like Andrew Wiggins, I remember one time was in there among like three different guys, and Wiggins was the one who got the offensive rebound. Kevon Looney got a couple as well. Like I remember D'Lo had a, had an instance where he gave like a half-hearted kind of box-out attempt on Looney, who then got the rebound fairly easily, throws it over to the corner for Clay Thompson for a three. Um, you know, yes, you're asking a lot of these guards right and maybe to do things at a, at a higher level of focus and intensity than maybe they're used to on a team with uh, with a, another kind of roster construction but that's what it's going to require it's going to require that extra effort and you know they have to be willing to do that and not just say oh well we have two bigs on the floor so you just have to live with the results which is kind of what i think they were saying yesterday Today's show is sponsored by Falling Knife Brewing Company, and I wanted to remind you today that Falling Knife is opening early on days when the U.S. men's national team is playing in the World Cup. That will happen again this Tuesday for the 1 p.m. game against Iran. Falling Knife will also have Parler's food truck in the parking lot that afternoon. So if you're wanting to watch the World Cup game, have a Parler burger. Falling Knife is the spot on Tuesday afternoon. I'm going to be doing my show with Britt that afternoon, but I hope to get to Falling Knife uh, at some point that afternoon to see at least the end of that World Cup game. These World Cup watch parties at Falling Knife are obviously in addition to the watch parties they're doing for every Wolves game this season. As I've been telling you all year, Falling Knife's tap room is set up on the projector screen with the sound on for every Wolves game this season. So go check that out if you're looking for a place to go out and watch the Wolves game. Hopefully I'll see some of you at Falling Knife on Tuesday afternoon for the World Cup game. As always, that's Falling Knife Brewing Company located off of Broadway in Northeast Minneapolis. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. Recent studies show that men's testosterone levels are dropping substantially since the 1980s at about an average of 1% per year. If your father was 30 when you were born, your testosterone levels could be 30% lower than his are. Low testosterone can have all types of health effects on men. It can cause you to lose muscle mass in your body. It can affect your mood, your memory, and even your sex drive. Let's Get Checked is a worldwide leader in at-home testing kits, and their male hormone tests let you easily test your testosterone levels. These results are reviewed by a clinician. Once your sample is in the lab, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. Let's Get Checked labs are CLIA approved and CAP accredited which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So if you want to test your hormone levels without having to leave your home, visit trylgc.com slash Dane and get 25% off your test using code Dane25. Or look for that link and promo code in the show notes of this episode. That's trylgc.com slash Dane and get 25% off your test using code Dane25. Yeah, to, to me, it's interesting. So it's like, what's the recourse off of this, right? And and I think from, if we just separate it like bigs and guards, right? Like, yes, Carl and Rudy need to be more intentional about getting back. They need to do some of those small things like Rudy was saying. It's got to be split-second decisions. Uh, you know, maybe Carl's just going for offensive rebounds less. Maybe it's just playing more like a wing than it is a big. Really continuing to fight some of that, like, that history he has of, of being a five. And then for the guards, it's like this, there's been other teams you've been on that defense or effort have not been as crucial for, like there needs to be some awareness in the guards that like this team is, you know, is demanding that, 
it, that's just the job of of this team if you're going to play if you're going to play guard. And I I, I start you know thinking about what are when we talk about recourse like what are things that you know that Finch can do. And and he basically he basically said after the game that you know it it is they're going to just need to start playing players who do contain the ball more often, who are doing these things, are playing perimeter defense, are running back on, on defense. And I think what we're going to start seeing is some small tweaks here. Like, I think Austin Rivers is in the rotation for good now, at least until everybody's back 100%. It's just it's 20 games in now, and it makes sense to me that it would be the time where you could start actually making some small tweaks when broadly Finch is kind of stuck with the plan thus far. Are you with me in that it might be time where we start being like, okay, the identity, the plan has started to shift a little bit from a coaching perspective. I, I think so because now, you know, early in the season when everybody was crying for the bench to play more down the stretch of games than the starters, it was like, look, it's like two weeks into the season. Like mm-hmm. everybody calm down here. Um, now it's not two weeks into the season. We're, you know, six weeks uh, into the season or however long it's been. So, yeah, I do agree that it, it's it's time to really make these moves to start trying to win games. Right. We've shifted from that point, from that point to, to now. Um, I don't know what, I don't know what that means going forward if, because there's so many, uh, a couple of very important guys who are out of, who are injured right now. Um, so ultimately when everybody's healthy, what does that look like? I don't know. Um, you know, you assume Jordan McLaughlin is not going to be one of those guys who is seeing his minutes get cut. Mm-hmm. Torian Prince generally plays what he plays. Um, so if Austin Rivers is going to be a part of the rotation when everybody's back, mm-hmm. who sees the, the drop in playing time? Is it Jalen Noel? Is it low or ant that let's see maybe five minutes shaved off their their night i don't i, I think I don't both know where that, i don't know where that comes from yeah. yeah jace jace kind of followed up with finch once he brought up the the reverse thing of like yeah he's you know we're gonna need him and and that's what jace said he goes well it hasn't really been the bench where you've been these a lot of these issues have been happening so what like what happens and, and finch finch said again it's something you know he kind of hinted at before the winning streak too is you know maybe we'll just get into our rotation earlier um, and you know, that means a shorter leash for the starters, which we we've seen, you know, at times, I think particularly we see, seen that with Jade McDaniels and DeAndre Russell, where they still start, but if, and when it's not there, Finch has been less afraid to kind of pull the plug on those rotations a little bit earlier. I just think they're at a point 10 and 10 where, where you can't, you can't just bake in a rotation and be like, okay. Here's 32 minutes for all the starters. Here's this role and that role. Like, it's too dynamic of a problem right now to just continue doing the exact same thing over and over again. The one thing, though, that that I'm caught on with Finch versus the players is I don't. I think the players are viewing the cat and go bear thing to be more of a not a problem, but a hill that they're still climbing, where it doesn't seem like Finch does as much. He kind of sees a lot of the seems to be that the problem is more so surrounding the cat and go bear pairing. Here's here's Finch when he was asked about that after the game. It wasn't a huge factor tonight, but what has been the most stubborn part of the cat go bear fit? Do you most think? stubborn? Yeah, in other words, the the 
the meshing that isn't working? I don't think the Cat Colbert thing's not working. You know, I, I honestly don't. I think it's uh, – we get a lot of turnovers maybe trying to throw the ball to him. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that's stubbornness. I think we're trying to make the right play. Um, but I don't think it's not working. I don't think that's our issue. So that's kind of an interesting juxtaposition too, right, Chris? I mean, the, it's kind of saying different things. The players were talking specifically about transition defense. Um, and, you know, Finch is talking more bigger picture there. But that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying it does not everything here feels really congruent in terms of belief and need and ideas of what does and doesn't need to be tweaked. That's the sense I get. I come back to something that I've thought all along with this team, and I think it kind of fits in with what Finch was saying, which is the issues that this team is currently facing, most of the, the glaring issues, were already kind of problems that were that existed beforehand. But they, like, it's not like they were a, a good defensive rebounding team and suddenly became a bad one. It's not like they were a good team in transition defense and they're suddenly a bad one. Like these problems already existed with this largely group of of players. So I don't know that you can necessarily pin that on on Kat and Rudy, that these, that these issues are because of them when they were already kind of baked into maybe who these, the fatal flaws of what this team was or is. Right. So I I tend to agree there. I, I think, I think you can sense the frustration, um, when, Rudy's open on a roll and Delo tries to hit him or somebody tries to hit him on a roll or a lob and the ball gets mishandled. I think, I think that's when like there's visible frustration on the floor, mm-hmm. but in all the areas around it, I don't, I don't think you see the, the necessary urgency or lack of frustration. Like when they give up an offensive rebound or they give up a, an easy transition bucket, it seems to manifest only, only when Rudy mishandles a, an interior pass. Yeah. I don't know if that's been your observation, but at least it's been mine. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it is it's frustrating those possessions. I think specifically for for a couple of reasons. One, you know, this is your forty million dollar center who you know you have some offensive expectations from that is not delivering um, on those by you know fumbling some passes, struggling to kind of finish with footwork around the basket at times. But I think it's also frustrating, too, because you can just point to this idea of like, well, man, are we sure that's even the right way to be using Rudy? And and I think and I don't yeah. know, maybe that's more yeah. of like an external thing. I know that's an, an opinion that that I have. I I'm kind of of the, the mindset that leaning into more of a pick and roll style offense more than just one of these that tries to kind of exploit some of the, the mismatches of Rudy on the interior. I think that makes some more sense. So I think it's, uh, yeah, it, it kind of becomes the, the, the snowball where you're like, yeah, it's not working, but you're also like, I don't know. Is, is that even the, the right thing to be, to be aiming at in the first place? And I think Finch genuinely, genuinely believes it does. I don't think he wants to limit Rudy because I don't think he likes the idea of playing basketball with one of their best players like acknowledging the fact that one of their their best players is is limited in in any sort of capacity, he thinks that takes away. But then I go back to the other players, and they're like, "All right, so we just have to keep doing this and doing this, and and not necessarily seeing the results." Like, how long do we continue to play this way? Um, that is intentionally using Rudy in a slightly different manner. You know that it's. 
I think time is a factor here where we've seen a lot of games of it and a lot of games be at best, you know, up and down in, in terms of the effectiveness of Rudy in the mix offensively. It just seems like that's starting to, to have a little bit of a drain in that the only real offensive chemistry you see with Rudy is with Cat. And that only kind of furthers this idea that it's the two bigs out there on one island and the three guards out there on another. It just doesn't seem like there's a ton of like overlap in in chemistry between the entire starting five together. I think you 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 see that play out on a nightly basis too. Um, the one game where it didn't was Indiana. Like the the thing that was the biggest takeaway for me from Indiana was the way that they were finding Rudy was like that's how this should look like. It was like. Totally. Within the flow of the offense, it was taking advantage of mismatches. He was getting good seals on guys down in the in the low post. And they it were was, running more pick and roll, every, man. They were running more pick right, and roll. Like yeah. we can all picture more of that like D Rudy spreading pick and roll. It wasn't always on like the lob, but Rudy had a bunch of like on the roll, cleaning up offensive rebounds sort of things. Yep. You're like, man, this is what I thought it, was, it would look like. It was like. all natural. Yes. It all looked very natural for mm-hmm. just one game. It just all looked like it, it was working. Mm-hmm. And but but for the large majority of this, it, it looks forced. Yeah, um, and it has for most of the season. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you how you fix that. I don't know how you aside from just playing playing more together and accepting that this is your reality and just trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I you see it. You see the you just see the frustration out there. And with Rudy, you know. He's going to want his touches. That's not going to change. They're going to try to give him his touches. That's not going to change. So it's how you get him his touches is the only way that you can really alter the And And what does your here. group want to do to get him those touches? Right. I think that's what Finch has to kind yes, of think that's about. That's the question. Right? You have. That's where you have to kind of come to a, a, an, agree, an agreement here or some sort of understanding. It's like, this is how we're going to get Rudy the ball, mm-hmm. not this way, not just kind of running a pick and roll at the top of the key and like seeing if he's open on the roll or the lob in that way. Like the Indiana game, I would pull up that film and be like, this is how we got to get Ruby the ball. Yep. Or this is how we got to get Ruby the ball. Um, you know, we, we, I often say that, you know, if you want to know how the Timberwolves offense is, is doing uh look at Jaden McDaniels, stat line. Totally. You know, that's, that's, he's a product of how well their offense is functioning. And I think Rudy, has to be that way moving mm-hmm. forward. You know, I, I I think he has to not necessarily be what Jared Vanderbilt was, but like he has to get his based off of how the rest of the offense is going around him, mm-hmm. and not necessarily as a as a focal point in the offense. If that makes sense, right. like uh, like kind of kind of in between what Vanderbilt was and and what I think they're using him as now in terms of his usage. So I, I think what we're we're talking about here is a gray area that surrounds the answer of what is your identity, right? All of this is is about right. identity, and and an identity is aiming at a specific thing, right? And they've been trying to to navigate figuring out what it even is that they're aiming for in that grab. So I'm going to play two clips because it's 20 games in. They started it after the after the game. They got the the question of you know what's the identity of this team 20 games in. I'll do Finches and then Rivers because I think they're both kind of nail it pretty well. 
It yeah, would be I mean, our identity right now is uh, super inconsistent, very Jekyll and Hyde. Um, you know, we're not as physical or as tough as I'd like us to be. I think that's something we got to tr- try to find. So, so there's that, which I think is this idea that, you know, there there isn't any sort of consistency with that. And with inconsistency kind of leads to one game up, one game down, couple games up, couple games down. And that's what Rivers said here. In 20 games in, that seems to be a benchmark around the league. Not 500. How do you guys feel? Where you at? I think that's a perfect example of where we're at is being 500. I think we're right now we're one game good, one game. You know what I mean? I think we've been inconsistent, um, but we're trying to put stuff together. We won five in a row prior to tonight. We're just trying to get it back. I think we're on the the, the other side of the hill. I, I really do feel we're close to getting to the point where we start really running stuff off and getting comfortable um, to where we, we have trust each night that we're going to go in and win a game. Yeah, so close. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Chris, that, that's kind of where they're at, right? That that all seems fair to me. It's, yeah. it's total Jacqueline and Hyde. It's, it's, it's inconsistent. But how do you feel about that idea of, you know, we're on the other side of the hill of it? I think at times I find myself believing that. And then at times I find myself being like, well, maybe there's still some more uphill to go. I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think they're on the other side of the hill, but I think that they are closer to the top of the other side, if that mm. makes sense in this yeah. uh, twisted metaphor that I'm now uh, <laughs> expanding upon. Like, they, they, they're definitely not where they were uh, the first few weeks of the season, but I don't think they're on the other side of that hill. Mm. They're still running up that hill, so to speak, as uh, Kate Bush would say, uh, for all you Stranger <laughs> Things fans out there. Um so I, I would agree with that. And I think the the inconsistency, one of the things that I saw from, from the quotes last night was something that Delo said too. Mm-hmm. And it was about the switching of the coverages yeah. that they do on a nightly basis. And that may be leading to some of the inconsistency. And this was something that we had talked about yeah. early in the season, something that Kyle Anderson made a point of often when we spoke with him. Um, that look it's hard to be a team that switches coverages on a regular basis it is not an easy thing to do to just roll out very defensive coverages and expect to excel at them and i think we're seeing that a little bit as well i mean but defense overall defense has not been necessarily their problem like at least in terms of the raw numbers yeah. um, this year 
but it's but, an identity problem. It's an identity problem. Right. It's an identity problem. Yeah. What, what it's, you, it's, what, like, it's like, you know, they don't have like, this is what we do well mm-hmm. on the defensive end of the floor. Whereas last year they had that. Exactly. That That's the thing. That's the juxtaposition to focus on. They ran and Finch would say this. He goes 95% of the time we ran run one coverage last season. And mm-hmm. it, it fueled this team is doing the same thing over and over. I don't have that D'Lo clip, but like what D'Lo is talking about is like when you know what you're running coverage wise, like then it just becomes more instinctual. And I think we all like get that. What's happened with this team is they started the season coming out, trying to toggle back and forth between playing a deep drop with Rudy and that same aggressive coverage, the high wall with with Cat. They let that go. They let that toggle go They because it just forced them to be playing zone or straight switching too much and it and it was just it was just a lot of change. So as I understand it now, they've totally like pitched the high wall idea. They're calling it a drop wall at, at times with Carl. Yeah. And I I mean I the all I really see in that is it's like it's drop but with Carl. I, I can't like it's hard for me to really distinguish exactly what that is or the option trees off of that. But the broader point is that they are toggling coverages and they're adding new coverages and toggling within those new coverages. And with a group that largely played one coverage a season ago, that's confusing. Uh, and and it's just hard to sort of get into a defensive rhythm. And I know, like you said, with the numbers defense doesn't scream to be the problem but that is tucked below the numbers where i i feel yeah. like the defense in a lot of ways is the issue when i when it, at least when i start thinking about it of if this team's going to make a run or if this team is going to really be able to compete in a playoff series win a playoff series like that whatever it is that they're doing defensively i really think they need to have more confidence in it and have it be the same thing night to night, you know, um, and, and less of the toggle. I just don't think this is a group that is really ready to try multiple different things defensively when they're a team that's struggling just to match up back in transition somewhat understandably because they're yeah. playing two, two centers out there. I just go back to, I just think this team is begging for simplicity defensively and, and to add on it from there. And I think the coaching staff is sort of scrambling to, you know, to try and, find what the simplest coverage is to to make this work um and, and and we'll see how long that that sort of takes but but you're right that that quote that quote stood out from Dilo for sure that that's that strikes at the heart of more of the big picture philosophical discussions we were having at the start of the season which is like because you're trying to do multiple coverages basically you're trying to raise the ceiling of what this team can do on the defensive end of the floor. Because if you are able to execute multiple coverages, it makes you more dynamic and harder to figure out. Really good point. Um, Because if you only do one coverage well, then teams are going to be able to eventually scheme against that one one coverage as teams did last year. So it's kind of a big picture philosophical point about the ability of this team to compete in the postseason versus the team's ability to win games and have cohesion mm-hmm. in the moment. And so, you know, what do you, which, which path do you kind of choose? Right. And it seems like through 20 games, I think you need to kind of, I, I would at least ditch the multiple coverages and go back to like, this is what we as do. As much as you this can. Is our identity. 
and let's yeah. and let's drill this. Let's get the muscle memory for this down, yeah. and then see where we're at by game, you know, fifty mm-hmm. or sixty or whatever. Yeah. And then if things are going well at that point in the season, then maybe try some of this other stuff that yeah. you're that you're talking about, which is what they tried to do last year, but couldn't really incorporate uh, different stuff into what they did. Last thing for me, Chris, are, are you are you with me with the idea that this feels like a crossroads right now, this week, kind of of uh, tapping into one know, way I, or the other? You know, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a crossroads. Yeah, the answer can be no. I, 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 I don't know if I, you could always say that when they when they when they have a losing streak, right? Fair, fair. It's it's life in the NBA. I still think we're a month away from crossroads time. I think I think Christmas is crossroads time, or like okay. you see where you're at by Christmas. They have a four game road trip, and then like once they hit late December, there's a four game road trip in there. They play like Boston, Miami, and Milwaukee. Like that to me is like. A moment where you sit back and evaluate where this team is really at. I think um, so. I'm I'm not at crossroads time yet. I'm a month away from. You have to answer some of these hard questions about this roster. Yeah, um, I, I guess so I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not, not thinking I'm not about it. There. Yeah, no, that that that's all fair, and I and I would echo all that. I guess what I'm trying to say is what happens on Monday and Wednesday. I think is going to have um, a pretty profound impact on the next like eight games. You know. And and after Wednesday's game against Memphis, which I think is a tough matchup for this group, given how physical Memphis plays, um, I think I will have a lot. I will have a lot better of a feeling of do I feel like they're more like the five game winning streak team that was winning some games, still had some significant flaws, or is it more like the first thirteen games of the season where they went five and eight, and it's a you know crap shoot every night, and that same sort of thing. That's come up against Charlotte and uh, and then last night against Golden State. I think over these next few games, they're going to lean more into one of those two things. Big picture crossroads, changes to the roster, real changes, maybe even to the starting lineup. Yeah, I'm with you. That that's got a that's got another another month on it. But um, I think these next two games will help confirm or deny how successful or fraudulent that that five game winning streak is that's i guess that's where my my sense is on that any any final thoughts before i let you go yeah it's a good it's a good pivot point though because after wednesday too they also have they only play two games over the next week after wednesday like they play wednesday then they play saturday then they don't play till wednesday again Mm -hmm. so they have a lot and they're all at home too so they actually have a lot of time after wednesday's game to kind of sit down and and get some practices in and like, and that's where you often often make changes. And that's where you often make changes. Right. So there could, this could be a moment where they start maybe installing some new stuff or whatever, what have you like Mm -hmm. changing things up because they're going to have a number of practices at home um, where they can maybe switch some things up. They actually have the time to sit down, plot it out and work on it. Mm -hmm. So from that sense, I agree with you that there could be some tweaks and changes coming. Just given the the rhythm of the schedule coming up here, no, that's um, a, that's a but, good but point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one thing, one thing that I uh, I did want to mention oh, was yeah. Friday. Uh, yeah, just to give kind of people a little behind the scenes as to how this this job works. Sometimes uh, the the D-Lo quote got a lot of attention uh, about Rudy, um, mm-hmm. and you know, this he, after he the Charlotte the ball, he'll score. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so I was, you know, just 
paint a picture for people. Um, I was in the locker room. I, that's one of the trips I made this year was to go down to Charlotte. So I was talking to, to D'Lo after the game. And the question, he, he was he was a little frustrated with how that game went. And he, he let out some of that frustration, some of his other quotes, you know, more about the team as a whole. Um, and then the last question I asked him, I, I was asking him some questions about his play of late, which was good. So they were like, you know, more positive in tone. And then the question was just a, one about fit with Rudy in general and how that was working. And that was his one sentence response <laughs> was, yeah. was that, was that quote. Um, and so when you go to uh, Rudy and you ask him about that quote um, and Rudy gave what I thought were very thoughtful and, and the, the right answers to give in, in a moment like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where Rudy kind of owned up to some of his shortcomings when it comes to, being able to catch the ball and, and talk about how it's a work in progress. I have to maintain his trust and things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think that shows you um, that kind of interaction doesn't happen if we're not, you know, not boots on the ground asking questions like that. It shows the importance of like being able to be there mm-hmm. at a game as opposed to, you know, not. Right. Right. No, it, so. it, it is totally a different perspective. And I mean, before you and I started recording too, it's like, you kind of, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast before too, and it's a bad loss. And you're like going to the locker room, you're like, oh man, what are we, gonna, what are we going to do here? But it is, <laughs> it is oftentimes in those moments where you learn the most about the identity of the team. Which Sometimes are, truth comes out in those moments, yeah, which which know? is understandable. Yeah. Frustration yeah. in in those times, and you know, we've all been there for those sort of things where. You do. You are seeing some more of the eye rolls. You are seeing some more of the specific callouts. I think. I don't know. I mean, maybe people when they saw that D'Lo quote would have some frustration with it, um, or 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 you know, or would acknowledge that too that Rudy is struggling to catch the ball. Um, but I think it is important that uh, there hasn't been any blowups, you know, and right. and given how much this team is searching given how much a lot of it doesn't feel congruent, it is noteworthy that any of these, any of this sort of steam um, that, that the players are having, I think it's just coming in moments after tough losses, right? The shot D'Lo saying that after the Rudy loss, which was a bad loss, you know, last night, the, some of the guards just overall, like, like Rivers was saying, um, or, or Ant kind of was too, of like, yeah, you know, we need to get back in transition, but we need the bigs to do it too. You know, so it's to me, yeah. at least right now, it feels like applying some pressure in minor annoyance, but nothing mm-hmm. that's that's totally maybe, spilled over. Yeah. I think that's what people have been waiting for. Like, OK, when shit yeah. can hit the fan? Are we going to start seeing some smoke and not and not steam? And as, right. as boots on the ground, you, you're still in steam versus smoke, right? I, I Exactly. I mean, I, I think, you know, in some ways, these can be this can be a productive thing for a team. Totally. If channeled, if channeled properly, it's like, it's like maybe, you know, in some ways we, we appreciate the candor when, when athletes are, are mm-hmm. candid with us. And, you know, I, I can't imagine that, you know, they're saying these things to the media, but they're not saying them to each other in a practice or a film session. Right. right. Like maybe this is kind of an extension of what maybe they're saying behind closed doors within mm-hmm. uh, to each other, mm-hmm. um, you know, and ways they hold each other accountable. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that 
when you see some of these quotes um, that it's necessarily a bad thing or a sign of of things not going well or internal tension. It's it's a team trying to figure things out and mm-hmm. you know accountability and leadership and and kind of owning your mistakes is one thing that you know fans want to see from this team and and maybe this is a part of that process is is taking the big picture view of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not always sniping in the media. Right. And I mean, the the stupid Popeye's cat ant thing is like a a good example of that, where when you are a reporter in the room, um, you understand that one quote comes in a night of 50 quotes from different players and and different people. And and when we're crafting stories and stuff like that or, you know, talking about it and this sort of thing, we're trying to give you the whole picture of of what it's like. So you're not just seeing that one quote that goes viral you know on on twitter and and i think a lot of times with the a lot of the wolves quotes and it's kind of you know delo's a little mercurial and is just so like head in the clouds charismatic carl is a little scripted so it's like those different types of personalities lead to different sort of quotes that one can stick out but honestly i kind of anticipated this team to have be a little bit more snipey at each other at this time of the year, if you would have told me yeah. they were 10 and 10 and a lot of issues still existed, like I, I don't think that's uh, a thing right now. Maybe they're on, they're getting towards the razor's edge of that, of like, we got to get going now sooner than later. Maybe that's what I'm talking about or sensing with the crossroads right now. Yeah. Like, I don't think you can, I don't think we can be at the same place 40 games in and saying stuff like, oh, it's early and we're still figuring out the chemistry between Carl and Rudy and the rest of us and Rudy and transition and rebound, right, all this right. stuff. Like, that that can't happen forever, and I think they're just starting to intuit right. that and be like, "All right, we got to change it now, or it might not change." And we'll see if they can actually change. They, um, the, the jury is very much still out on that. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris, that will start tonight in Washington. You will be boots on the ground um, there. You can follow whatever does come out of the locker room uh, from Chris at the Star Tribune dot com or in, in your paper uh, or on Twitter as well. Follow Chris. At Christopher Hine, this is a team worth monitoring on a, on a daily basis right now as they navigate identity and figuring out how to plug some of these holes and take some advantage in in other places. They're a, they're a whirlwind uh, night tonight, Chris. It's fun to it's fun to talk to you about it, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, Dane. Thank you. All right, he's Chris again at Christopher Hine on Twitter. I'm Dane at Dane Moore MBA on Tuesday. I will be back with Britt Robson in the afternoon. And then before the Wednesday game against Memphis, I'll be on with Jace Frederick. We'll keep uh we'll keep going with that this team. Again, until then, he's Chris, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, yeah For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts So you can quickly and easily find what you need Plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.